to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we gather today. And I pay my respects to their elders, past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. This is the podcast created to enhance, connect and inspire the Yarra Valley Grammar community and beyond. So wherever you might be tuning in and listening from today, thank you. Welcome. My name is Paul Joy and it's my privilege each episode to bring you a conversation with a yog, a Yarra old grammarian. Today I'm going to sit down with Andrew Siebel from the class of 1995, Dr. Andrew Siebel, who himself, as we unpack this conversation, <laughs> learnt a few things too about his own motivations and his own choices and decisions along the way to where he finds himself now. Very much has his inspiration seeded from his experiences at Yarra Valley Grammar. I know that you're going to enjoy this conversation with Andrew Siebel from the class of 1995. And we're going to start by exploring the school uniform and his memories of those early days. Enjoy. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. It's, it's lovely being uh, back here at the school. Uh, I started in year five um, and the uniform. Um, so I guess a the, the things that stand out on the uniform, it, I guess, is the blazer, um, which was always uh, something that my mum and dad uh, made sure that uh, I looked after. Um, it was a big investment for them. Um, and um, the, the blazer stands out, but also um, probably um, the having to um, negotiate and, uh, and, and navigate uh, the pants because... I was out on the school oval every lunchtime, every break, and um, trying to avoid putting holes in in the long pants in particular yes. um, is 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 something that probably stands out um, because I'd often have to um, yeah have to hide those holes or you know try and avoid getting them. So yes. yeah, yeah, very good. That, that's a, a beautiful reflection, and and I think there would be many. Uh, perhaps parents who'd be listening to this to who would uh, have similar reflections. Mm. Um, we might go quickly into year seven. By year seven, you're probably mm. wearing shorts a fair bit yeah. of the time, are you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is much more conducive Most of the time. to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think if you've got, you've got a choice, I mean, I, I've got a, yeah, I've got a 13 year old son now, and um, I can't recall the last time he wore anything other than shorts. So, yeah, yeah. Any suggestions or <clears> tips <throat> for those? Students, because here um, boys and girls at different times of the year have to wear a tie. Mm. Any reflections <laughs> on tying ties? Did you have some secrets that yes, you uh, yes. can share? Okay, yeah, this is this is a classic. So, um, you know, my, I couldn't I couldn't tie a tie uh, save my life. Um, but my dad was the expert. Um, so we had a double Windsor and used to just just loosen it. Um, yeah, at, at the start of the year, um, he'd tie it, and uh, we'd normally get a whole term out of them Great. Uh, which is amazing um but the issue was um you know playing footy at lunchtime you know mm. and you know you so see you want to try and tuck it away out of the way so it doesn't get pulled and <laughs> and and your knot doesn't you know get ruined i i was not a big one for i wanted the tie to look nice like because mm. I, I knew there was a reason why we wore a tie yeah. um which 
which yeah, in, on reflection, um, is quite mature of me actually. I mm. I, I, didn't, I, didn't thought, I hadn't even thought about it at the time, but I, but I actually had I I wore it with pride because I knew there's a reason why we're wearing one. So um, you know, a lot of kids just didn't care, right? It was, it was just whatever the knot, you know, whatever it looked like, as long as I got a tie on, they didn't care. Yeah. Anyway, the the knot would normally last about a term, and then I'd have to go back to dad yeah. and say, can you just tie me another one? Because yes. um, I need to, you know, get through the next term. By the, I mean, by by probably, you know, um, year eight or nine, I was I was tying my own double Windsors and well and uh, yep, and and it was probably. If I didn't have that experience, I probably wouldn't be able to tie a tie now. So, sure, but I sure. rarely wear one at work. So that's uh, yeah. Yes, good work. So you've you've told us a little bit about uh, the fun of recess and lunchtime. Let's have a little um, exploration around co-curricular, mm. uh, whether that be Saturday sport, whether that be some of the clubs that might have been on. Where did you like to get involved? Maybe in your middle years into the secondary senior year. Um, so it was all it was all about sport for me. Um, I, I had, um, you know, a, a keen interest, um, in, in cricket, um, in summer and, um, and I started, I started playing hockey in winter. So I, I, you know, I played footy at lunchtime and stuff with my mates, but, but I got involved in hockey, um, and that, and, and that's, those two sports were the, um, were the ones that I continued with right through, um, and, you know, captain the first 11, um, hockey, um, and, uh, didn't quite crack it into the first 11 cricket, but, um, you know, I still play cricket today and mm. I still, uh, and, and I play masters hockey as well. So, um, so that passion continues in sport. Um, and so they, that was probably, that that was probably my focus, um, you know. But I'd I'd give a, I'd, I'd try any kind of sport going through, you know, you know, play a bit of, um, you know, even the inter school sports when when the soccer team was short, I'll go and play soccer, or you know, right. uh, you know, when I, I love volleyball as well, so I played quite a bit of volleyball um, coming through school, and and that and and the benefit of that was. Um, I, when I went to Melbourne Uni, um, you know, I used to, I then started up a, you know, kind of social comp, uh, volleyball comp there. So, um, yeah, sport, I mean, aside from that, got a little bit involved in, you know, kind of um, some of the, you know, um, other, you know, working uh, on the newsletter and, you know, those kind of, some comms, that kind of area. Uh, I had a bit of interest in, and and when I think back now, some of that, I guess, uh, some of those kind of uh, early days of getting involved in, in um, I guess, uh, school-wide kind of uh, activities like that, I, I still have that kind of uh, passion now. I mean, I, I, some of the stuff I do now is in comms, but um, and it's you know in a in a university setting. But I think back, it's you know some of the you know basic skills I picked up back then, mm. um, and and you know some of the um, the the reasons for you know doing what you do, um, it, yeah, it kind of it, it set me up for for some of the things I do now. So. Yeah, that's perfect. And and in fact, this podcast is called the Inspired by Yarra podcast, and it seems to me that you, and sometimes only on reflection, can we see mm. that things that we're exposed to, things that we saw and experienced when we were young, we actually go actually that that is core to who I am and what I like to be involved with yeah. today, yeah. which is terrific. You've mentioned some co-curricular stuff. Yeah. 
Let's go in academically. Are yeah. there things academically that you experienced that kind of grabbed hold of you while you're at Yarra, and maybe some things that have, have yeah impacted your career? Yeah, I think so. Um, so, you know, I always had a passion for maths and science. Um, you know, science and particularly kind of you know the natural world and that kind of thing. Everything around us, I mean, science is all around us, and mm. and so I already had always had a passion for that particularly um, teachers that inspired me, um, you know, coming through um, in in science. Um, you know, I, I found that, you know, getting involved in things like, um, you know, the, the inter-school kind of competitions, you know, the, even the national kind of, you know, Westpac maths competition, I used to love that, you know. Um, I don't know why. I mean, it's, it's just kind of, kind of cool that you, you know, you're competing against everyone across the country yeah. and, you know, you get a certificate and it's not a big deal, but it's kind of nice to be recognised that you kind of, um, you know, that, that you're you know, academically kind of, you know, um, you know, Matching okay. it with others yeah. around the country. Absolutely. So, um, and and things like you know, I remember um, the tournament of mines. Mm, uh, yes, right. Yes. So, so that was actually probably what sparked my interest in science and and um, and experiments, experimenting. Right. So, yeah. so that that in particular, and so you know, I I vividly remember those experiences of. Of going off campus, off you know, out of school, and you know, for and and you know, competing against other other teams and other yeah. schools, um, particularly tournament minds was, was one that comes to mind. Um, you know, and and yeah, and, and the teachers giving us opportunities to get involved in that those kind of things. Certainly, the the connection between uh, teachers and students really matters, and it sounds mm. to me that that you connected with those who had passion. And over time, you can develop your own passion and you've developed a, an interest and passion into the sciences. Mm -hmm. um, that, by the sounds of it, perhaps was fostered at school with, no with Tournament of the Minds and other experiences, maybe in the classroom as well. What happened after school? Did you go straight to uni? Did you go and uh, explore, travel for a little while? What, what happened at the end of Yarra? Yep. So... Uh, end of Yarra. So from the time I was about four or five years old, I wanted to be a vet. Uh, okay. and get into vet science Great. okay so um that was my one and only career goal wow. um and i was single-minded in that i did my you know work experience at a vet etc um, before you go on is that because you had pets growing up is it because you liked animals you collected ants or snails or uh, all, all the above is it? Uh, so right. I always had pets always was so interested in yeah, in those horrible things where you keep insects in and um, on reflection. But, um, no, but I was, yeah, particularly interested in, in, in just, you know, any animals. I, you know, I love to watch, you know, the Attenborough kind of, you know, documentaries and, and the like and just yeah. watch them for hours. And so, um, yeah, animals were my passion. And so uh, so to get into vet science, I, I, uh, I knew what I had to do if I wanted to stay in Melbourne, I had to do a year of undergrad uh, uh, science, Bachelor of Science, and then transfer into vet science in second year um, to get into Melbourne. And so I got into Bachelor of Science there, um, you know, did did the sciences first year and missed out by 2% of getting oh. into vet science in the after the first year. Oh, no. So... Uh, I thought I knew, you know, that's all right. I mean, I was getting used to uni life. I was probably partaking in Some many of the, of the socials. other things <laughs> that are involved at uni. Um, 
you know, getting, you know, went to science camp, got involved in societies and clubs and, you know, had a super first year. But mm, study was probably not my number one focus. So um, I thought, oh, I'll get in after second year, try again. Mm. And um, missed out by 1%. Oh, so, no. So I got, <laughs> uh, got offered a full fee-paying fee place. It just wasn't going to work for me um, financially. So um, I then had to make a call. Um, I, I then change direction i didn't have a plan b that was that was so that's some of the advice i give to students now Mm. um really important to have your plan b and c um chances are you're going to change career directions many times over Mm. your working life so um really important that you i mean yes have a passion follow your passion and interests but obviously have some fallback or have a plan b so i i didn't at the time fortunate enough I, again, got inspired by a lecturer at uni mm. who said, you know, you should try research. You're really great at this subject and this subject. And, you know, you, you've been really engaged in lectures and asking questions. I think you'd be the right kind of person. So got into research, did honours and PhD, and the rest is kind of history now. But, mm. um, yeah, so, mm. that's, so no no break, no, no – <laughs> I guess no gap year of sorts. Um, yeah, I mean, apart from I did a year between honours and PhD where I worked in the lab, earned some money, which was important. <laughs> That's important. And, uh, <laughs> but also what it did was crystallise my thoughts on where I wanted to head. So rather than working in the lab for someone, I wanted to drive my own research direction. Okay. So that's why I started my PhD. Yes, yes. Which you were able to <laughs> then pursue and, and then <laughs> achieve. Then what does work look like? So, so science is the base and the background, and now you're into research and research data, management. Yeah, research yeah. management yeah. from a scientific perspective. Yeah. What yeah. is that? Can you tell us day to day? What does that look like? Uh, yeah, uh, well, I'll try, but um, <laughs> you know, it's there's a huge um, kind of variety in the in the different tasks I do, and the right. role role is. I mean, that's one of the attraction of the role really is is the fact that no one's you know no two days look the same um for and particularly in my role so you know i I work with a team of 20 data specialists who who go and collaborate across the whole university and so whilst my background's medicine science we've now got the remit to work across the whole uni so that could be medicine science it could be engineering it could be economics fine arts arts education anything across Melbourne Uni so um, so, but my role in particular is to ensure that my team can get on with the research so I do all the operations I look after the finances make sure everyone's getting paid Uh Um, you know the workforce kind of planning I do uh, a lot of the strategy stuff like working making sure that we're you know we're saying the right things and you know doing the right things around uni Um, the you know a lot of that liaising between different departments um you know melbourne uni is a big organization so and it you know has a reputation for various levels of bureaucracy and so i've got pretty comfortable and familiar with how to navigate that so so that is a lot of my role as well trying to find the right people to speak Mm. to to Mm. get something done and and i i love that that insight is that a, a science navigating your way through the the system is that a sense of of you try one way you you keep some details or some data about whether it worked or not you tried slightly different way this worked this time that worked that time i'm going to put those two ideas together and 
have more success. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it that way, but it is, I guess. Um, it is about experimenting. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, so you know, we yeah, that and that's and that's what I probably why I enjoy it because yeah. it's still an intel- intellectual pursuit. Mm. Um, so when I moved out of the lab um, and in you know out of kind of independent research and applying for grants and writing papers. Um, you know, I, I, I miss that, but I miss, and I miss the kind of, you know, the troubleshooting, experimenting, but what you just said there is actually probably what I'm still kind of doing that in a different mm. way. So, um, yeah, I, I hadn't actually thought about it that way. Mm. So that's, yeah, you're probably right. And I think my, the scientific side of my brain probably is, um, sparked by yeah, that. Spark, that's right. Yeah. So, and, yeah, and, yeah. and I guess it's ongoing problem solving, isn't it? It is. Yeah. 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 I mean, and that, and that's the same for, yeah, I guess pretty much any role you, you come across these days is, is, um, you know, particularly once you get to a level of seniority or, you yeah. know, management roles, there's a lot of troubleshooting and, mm. and putting up out fires and the like, but you know, <clears throat> so excuse my naivety, data for a university mm. and and you're enabling and you're equipping your team to go and collect the data and data collection and data analysis is is becoming increasingly important what are you actually looking for what what does it help your organization to achieve by gathering all this data yeah um well i mean so, so that's that can be answered in a number of different ways i guess it really depends so that so it's all with a um uh, so we've got a research focus. Uh, so it's all research data that we're dealing with, uh, and and that could, I mean, that the breadth of mm. of research questions we deal with is, um, you know, is staggering really because you know we're cr- working across ten faculties. Um, it could be you know working with with health health data, you know, health informatics and that kind of area where you're. Um, you know, you're trying to match patient data uh, across institutions, right? So across hospitals or right. or and and universities and 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 trying to yeah um, match data on particular people, you know, or clinical data. Um, you know that that's I guess what some people think about. You know what they think when they think about you know big data. Yeah. They think in the medical sense, but. When I, but we're also dealing with big projects in the digital humanities and social sciences right. where they're collecting, you know, non-traditional kind of um, uh, data sets. Uh-huh. So that they, they might be, um, you know, it might be collections. It might be museum collections or something like that. And they're then, you know, what, what used to be, um, you know, physical kind of collections that you go and see, they're now converting those to, you know, digital um, archives and digital yes. collections that they have to then store and manage and sort yeah. and you know make sense of um, so you know and then but then you've got things like I guess dealing with you know student um, student feedback data you know uh-huh. and uh-huh. and that kind of thing in the education area right mm. so that's what they're kind of a lot of their focus is about you know the student experience and you know those kind of things. super important data obviously for the university um, so yeah there's a massive yeah of, isn't it? of projects are there project and I, and I this is a, a, a again perhaps a naive question but is there a is there a an end result that you could point us to where you and maybe your team have 
done the collection, done the analysis, and then guided the next thinking or the next mm. action or the next activity yeah. to then uh, look uh, as an example. Maybe there's data collected on traffic flow, for yeah. example, yeah. and then. So the advice from a research analysis perspective is we need to put less traffic lights in or more roundabouts or a new freeway or have you got your fingerprints in the behind the scenes on a project that we would be aware of? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So one that comes to mind um, is around um, pollen forecasting and um, and hay fever and uh, thunderstorm asthma, et cetera. So, so um, our team um, helped with the behind the scenes kind of app develop web app development and um, and forecasting data for pollen season, right? So, and just this last year, they released an app um, that anyone can um, can download. What's and it called? So, uh, it's called Melbourne Pollen. Great. And so they have. Um, so the we've we're just so we've just been through a pollen season. So um, what happens is, and I. I used it myself because I suffer from hay fever and, um, and you know, and like everyone that kind of, you know, there's peaks and, and troughs in, you know, how, how, um, how you're affected over the season. But what it does, it gives you an alert in the morning, you know, there's it, basically it, it's, it's for, it's a forecast. It, yep. And so it'll give you a number yep. out of, I think out of five, it might be out of ten, but anyway, it gives you a might number. Be a high yeah, risk high. Day. Oh, it's a risk. Yeah, uh-huh. that's right. So it's based on a relative risk, and um, as to you know, the, essentially, it's measuring the amount of pollen in the air. Yeah, essentially, yeah. right. But what that does, they put that in, you know, put that data into, you know, in, in into the analysis, and they and they can also then forecast over a period of time. Mm-hmm. What this season's going to look like and compared so, to what it's been correct. in the past, and right. so based on historical data yep. and um, and kind of and and predicted weather patterns and stuff. So. Yes, that's fascinating. It seems to me though that while there's a predictive nature to it, as you said, there's actually also the the, the reality of different things happen. There's an unpredictable. Your yeah. day is different every day, and yeah. and that's engaging yeah. too yeah it is and so and you know and and like um and and you can so you can just use that at a at a you know a superficial level i guess and just getting getting that um you know the that uh relative risk level for the day and then you, but you can go into the app and actually look at the detail you mm. can start looking at mm. different stations around around um victoria for example on you know and and what their relative pollen count is and you know if you're traveling or whatever it might be yes, and yes. some people uh it can be quite debilitating mm, um yeah. having those kind of um allergies so um you know i uh, when i say i suffer from hay fever it's nowhere near as much as of those who you know who who have you know um you know who really can't leave the house yeah. on some days. I love it that you're involved at the back end, collecting the data, analysing it, and then helping people to live better Yep. Um, because of the work that you do. I, I think that's great. Um, you've been generous with your time. Time is uh, short for us. So I want to wonder if we might move to a, a part of our conversation that I like to call the lightning round. I'm going to throw a whole lot of questions that might be short answer, maybe a one-word answer, uh, along the way. You ready to strap yourself in? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Siebel from the class of 1995. What house were you in at Yarra? Annals. Annals. And were you any good at, 
uh, were animals any good? Yeah. What was your contribution? Uh, I was the um, vice captain in year twelve. Excellent. Of, um, of annals, and uh, um, I, you know, I, I just did my bit in any sport I could. <laughs> uh, I was no superstar, um, but you know, and, and but I used to love the Aths days and swimming carnivals. They were awesome. Excellent. Uh, I used to dress up. Um, I remember. I remember. Year, this isn't lightning, but year, year ten, I think it was. Year, maybe year eleven. I remember dressing up. Uh, I went to the op shop and, and bought a, mm. uh, a a light blue nurse's uniform. Uh-huh. And so I went as a nurse yes. to school. Made uh, a swimming carnival. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's um, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um, do you recall whether you were on the stage or in the audience? A, a music event, a performance that springs to mind. Oh. Um, Mm. Well, I I was part of the um, the concert band on stage. Great. So no, I do playing do the playing the trumpet. So um, I, I didn't uh, I didn't emphasize that in in the kind of I guess co curricular. But um, though I, we all have to do instruments. So um, so I you know, I you know I did trumpet for a little bit. Um, so I remembered that some of those concerts were were pretty uh, nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, but but exciting and and you know. I was at the school when the Performing Arts Centre was just being built. Uh-huh. So, you know, I think I was one of the first concerts there. So, mm, um, wonderful. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Do you uh, have any recollections of the CAF? Was there a favourite item that you used to line up for at the CAF? Yeah, so um, I was really fortunate. My mum used to um, volunteer there, so she oh. used to stash away the hot dogs. And so the hot dogs were the prize position, right? So that, you know, you... If you were five five minutes late, mm. they were gone. Gone, right? So there was probably only on the oven, probably only fit about 20, okay. 30 maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I used to have you know, spare one, one out the back. <laughs> the back. So it was great. That is yeah. very helpful. Very helpful. Um, I and, wonder... and the strawberry chomp. Ooh. Strawberry chomp. Are they still around? I don't know. Huh. But sorry, that's... <laughs> you could get them here. Yeah, yeah. back yeah, in the day. Here, yeah, Excellent, yeah, yeah. excellent. I wonder um, whether you might recall your first car. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it was a uh, it was a rad uh, rad. rad. <laughs> that's pretty eighties, isn't it? Uh, it was a red uh, Mitsubishi Magna, um, and um, yeah, I think a year in had to replace the motor. Yeah. Um, you know, that's just. Your first car kind of blues, but <laughs> but and I had a um yeah had a manual uh, sunroof which is pretty cool mm. until it rained uh, and then <laughs> and then it leaked and I had to That's you right. know stuck stick kind of tissues into the roof <laughs> to make sure it didn't come through. Anyway, it was a lovely, it was a great car. I had it for many years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is there a book that has impacted you, uh, whether it be one that you would recommend or <laughs> one in your own career or a personal uh, motivation? A book? Are you a reader? Um. To be honest, I'm not a reader, and you know, one thing I reflect on it is I wish I was. Mm, mm. <laughs> um, I just, I mean, I'll, I'll read. You know, I, I now read kind of um, a lot of biographies and autobiographies. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I just um, finished Craig Bellamy's, and that that's a really good one. Um, you know, so it, th- some of those inspire me. Jimmy Barnes's, um, you mm. know, first of his autobio uh, the biographies, and um, and um, and David Swartz, mm-hmm. um, you know, really yeah. around his challenges around betting and gambling, mm-hmm. um, just some of those. You, you, what what I find is I read those books and did, and never take anything else for granted. Right. Mm. So so I you know that's I think so that's probably why they write them right. So um, 
but I yeah, just amazing some of those stories. So yeah, yeah but but I'm not a big um, not a big novel reader. No, sure, sure. <laughs> Is there a piece of work that you created, completed, finished, submitted while you're at Yarra that you're particularly proud of? You know, it might be a, a maths test that you studied for, or a, a, an English essay that you got back three times mm. and you refined mm. it and you tried again. Yeah. So you know, I I did a number of so. Uh, yeah, my, my parents split right at the end of school and so um, I found that English was a good outlet for me to um, to get down some of that on paper. Yeah. Um, so I'd, there were a couple of um, couple of essays I wrote um, in year uh, year 12 that, you know, I, I'm kind of – I'm glad I got an opportunity mm. to write, you know, kind of just a creative – it was just kind of an open kind of piece that you kind of write any – experience and and at the time was probably an opportunity for me to get something out that I needed to mm. and I couldn't in any other way mm. so and I had some really supportive great teachers particularly English teacher uh, Mr Westcott at the time was you know really supportive and and you know really encouraged me to to write these kind of experiences mm. down mm. Um, something that yeah so that stands out you know English but in on the science side of things, I, I distinctly remember doing this. Um, uh, this is assignment. I always find that group assignments can be challenging, and um, and I remember doing this one with a with a partner. Probably the first time ever it was a fifty fifty relationship. So uh, you know, so it's often often left to one person yes. these things. But but we we created this cool kind of what we call the ultimate beast, right? So we it was about it was a biology. Um, uh, assignment where you had to. Oh, it was again very open, um, open uh, assignment where you could do pretty much anything. And we decided we'd we'd get the best parts, best best elements of different animals and join them together. And we had to kind of draw it, mm. and then we had to explain what all the adaptations yeah. were cool. and how they. You know, and, and why they had these, um, you know, specialisations, I guess, and mm. and yeah, it, that stands out. Yeah, me. that's good. That's good. Uh, time has almost beaten us, mm. so yeah. I, I have one last question for you, and that is: is there a uh, a character trait, a a habit, a ritual that you have learned to be part of your life that helps you be your best? Is there a, a tip, a guidance, a, a principle? That you try and live by that helps, yeah, bring the best out of you. Um, hmm. pretty deep. Um, I, I mean, I guess it's, uh, I guess it's just uh, giving everyone a second opportunity, um, and I, I think just from various experiences i mean that everyone goes through at different stages but i think not um so, so not not writing people off mm. um too early uh so essentially like like you'd want to be given a second chance so you know um kind of i guess like it's uh you know um yeah so so it's almost treat others like you want to be treated but more specifically, it's about giving people a second chance because, I mean, yeah, I, I found through my career as well, you know, it was all about second chances for me, like, you know, not getting into vet science and then finding research and, you know, and at various stages, 
you're going to be knocked back. And particularly in research, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, unsuccessful <laughs> applications, yeah, yeah. you know, grant applications and, you know, papers that don't get accepted and all that mm. kind of stuff. So, so second chances are really important to me. So, I don't know. I guess that's one. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Andrew, thanks. Thanks for giving us some time and uh, for sharing some stories and some insight and perspective and, uh, yeah, for, for unpacking some of those, uh, those motivations and, uh, and some of the learnings along the way. I really appreciate it. Pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. What a fascinating, inspiring, thoughtful, creative, purposeful, young man is Andrew Siebel from the class of 1995. Fascinating conversation. And I love the notion of as we explored and as we unpacked, there were things that we both learnt and discovered along the way. He certainly looks at things from a different perspective than me and is fascinated by different things than me and yet just beautiful, just wonderful. I hope you too enjoyed this conversation with Andrew and acknowledge and appreciate the value, the insight and the perspective that he offered. As you now know, we are trying to get back into the rhythm of producing and sharing more and more Inspired by our podcast episodes and we thank you for your support and encouragement and patience along the way. Please feel free to share this episode or any of our growing library of episodes with others, others who might know Andrew, others who might be interested in this perspective and this conversation, and perhaps others in your own network who would also benefit from being connected to the Yarra Valley Grammar community. I hope you'll join us again next episode when, again, I'll sit down with another yog, a Yarra old grammarian, and see how they too have been inspired by Yarra. My name's Paul Joy, and on behalf of everyone at Yarra, and in particular the small team of people who produce these conversations and these episodes and then share them with you, I want to say thank you to you and wish you another day of inspiration where you get on out there and you make a positive impact in the world around you.